Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Okay, you can tell me your story now. So I went to bar, right? And I've never really done bar. I did, like, a really basic beginner's class that the yoga studio had once. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really anything. I went and it wasn't, they have like a beginner's class. And, but that those are always at like 2 p.m. So I can never go. So I just went to the basics one. Mm-hmm. I went in and there was like, probably like 25 people there. Okay. Which was a lot for the room yeah. size. Like 20 of them were instructors. <laughs> like it really? was like everyone, like all the instructors were there. Mm-hmm. And then the other five were like really kick-ass so like it was a room full of people who really knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and also i don't know yeah. i was like great now i feel awful uh, so i hid in the corner but yeah. also i didn't realize that it's kind of like orange theory orange theory fitness oh yeah or whatever mm-hmm. where a person has a mic and they're oh, talking yeah, to a bunch talking, of other people yeah so she had a mic and she was just like walking around the room saying stuff yeah so for she one, wasn't actually doing yeah it. so for one yeah, i had I no that. idea i just had to look at other people and be like hope this is right mm-hmm. but what I walked through the doors, right? Yeah. And I was like, hi, I'm here for the whatever. And she was like, you've never been here before, right? And I was like, no. She had me fill out a form, whatever. And then as I'm walking away to like go into the room, she goes, oh, your hips are tight. And I was like, why? Immediately, immediately with an insult. Oh my God. I was like, uh, and she was like, Dang. she was like, it's okay. This will help with that. And I was like, okay. You should have been like, thanks. Yours are rad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like immediately thrown off by the like kind of insult yeah. of like, your hips are tight. Shade right Great. away. Okay. This should be fun for yeah, me. Awesome. Also, but I've never taken the class, so I didn't know how. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot of leg squatting stuff because mm-hmm. all of that stuff that we did was fine. Like, it hurt like a workout. But the the other, the really intense stuff, like, I couldn't even do. Like, yeah. I would just be, like, halfway done. I'd just be, like, laying. I'd be, like, this is it for me. This is where yeah, I die. this is it. So, I don't know if I'll go back. I just don't. Honestly, I really liked the class if it was slower with modifications. Yeah. And if the woman wasn't walking around. That's so, like impersonable and unhelpful because she's just describing how to do moves yeah so if you've never done them before you don't know what you're just like she's just like and reach your left leg over and and pulse and pulse and i was like what the fuck are you talking about pulse Pulse what 
I'm not like, a blender. Yeah, that's their like terminology. They use yeah. like pulse and stuff like that. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean what? pulse? Am I thrusting? Yeah. Am I going up <laughs> and down? Like, you have to like give a cat, me like a cat with the back. Yeah, thing. I need like, like two more descriptive words. Here. Yeah, it's not a complete. It's like the Culver sign near our house. Uh huh. Yeah. Like it's never it's just a complete like peanut thought. butter. No, peanut it, butter. Yeah. What? what was the one? The, one day it was just turtle. Yeah. <laughs> or like the other day it just said mint chocolate. Yeah, mint chocolate. Mint chocolate. What? what? <laughs> Egg, ice cream. What are we doing here? <laughs> peanut avalanche. What? Yeah. What? What? It, describe what an avalanche is. Is it a peanut avalanche Sunday? Like, yeah. Like, I don't understand. We, no one. I mean, but people love it there. <laughs> I think it's a. It's like the problem is it's like a Dairy Queen, mm-hmm. but they don't just sell ice cream. So it's, it's like it could be know, a cake. It could be a pie. It could be a. I would be lying if I said that it didn't offer a level of mystery yeah i really want to go one day (laughs) sometimes we get like coupons like you know when you get the burger king coupons in the mail and it's like 50 coupons yeah sometimes they'll send us ones and it'll be like one day we'll try that's how i know they have ice cream because it's Mm -hmm. like half of them are ice cream and then half of them i mean meals i've assumed from context clues that that's what they have yeah (laughs) but there's been nothing specific they really, they really are betting on people being like, "Well, we gotta see what we just this gotta is. try it." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, do we want to talk about our announcement? Oh yeah. So we are going to be doing our first live show. Yay! And we're going to be doing a presentation. That one I'm more nervous about. Yeah. Um. I gotta do some research yeah. and stuff like that, but it'll be fun. But this is all going to be happening at PodX, mm-hmm. the convention in Nashville. Yeah. Luckily, we're right here. We don't have to travel where, or anything. Where in Nashville is it? Do you know? It's at one of the convention centers, I believe. I can look it up. But um, just, someone asked me before, and I was like, I have no idea. It, it's in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, it's in downtown Nashville. And we're going to be getting a code that we can give to our listeners to get 10% off our Woo! tickets and also when they use it we get $10 yeah I know so use which is it, great I love money please use it we're very poor the only way we could attend this festival is to be performing at yeah it. exactly <laughs> so um I hope people come I hope we're not too. in a room alone please people <laughs> that would, show up that like, would be so funny I'd be like Ugh, do we keep going I mean are we gonna record our live show yes yeah, so okay. they're gonna give us the audio of it um, oh afterwards, they're going to do now a soundboard. Now really have to go. But, so, listen. Here's the thing. I don't know if you caught on the email. Probably didn't. <laughs> they have strongly encouraged everyone. To be PG-13? Yes. <laughs> I saw that, but I can't imagine. I mean, they said if possible. And murder-related stuff. I mean, as so long no, as we're not, I'm not, like... I'm not worried about, like, talking about murder. Okay. That's fine. I'm because that's like our jam. I'm talking about cursing. Oh, cursing's PG thirteen though. Not just you, can't say you get, cunt. You get one fuck right in a PG thirteen movie. No, I feel like you just can't say the bad ones. Cunt. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna listen. Bitch. I'm gonna come prepared with a sheet of family friendly curses. Weird. I'm gonna just curse whatever I want. And <laughs> yeah. Not care. They're not gonna kick us out. They're just. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. We don't want to piss a lot of people off. But also, I can't imagine anyone under the age of like 15, 16 is coming to a murder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to bring their seven year old to hear about murders. Murders. Yeah. It's not like we're how stuff works. And then we're just going to throw a bunch of murder shit at them. So it's at Nashville Music City Center. Mm -hmm. So 
the convention center, you know. Sure. Uh, of course I that do. That one. It's the big copper one. So that's where we're going to be. And um, for our live show, we're going to be doing Nashville murders. Yes. Um, we got to find a good I've one. I've begun researching mine. And I actually, for the first time, bought a book to help me. But I also kind of really wanted the book. So it's called Monster City. And it's just about all the serial killers that were in Nashville in the 70s. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to reading that. It was only $10. Yeah, there you go. So, yes, uh, that's w- what our live show is going to be. And our presentation is going to be about women and true crime. Basically, the involvement of women in true crime podcasting, the effect it has had on women, and kind of how it has brought this feminist aspect of crime out. Yay! So that's what we're doing. We're really excited about it. I bought a dress to wear. Fuck, I didn't buy a dress. (laughs) We're not... Well, we have a long time. I want to coordinate. What if I wanted to coordinate with you? We're literally just going to dress like the two little girls from The Shine. Yeah. We can coordinate all the time. I already brought our outfits and our wigs for that. I thought that's what (laughs) we were doing. How dare you? Um, Yeah, I bought a a dress to wear. Well, um, show me it so I can plan accordingly. Because if you're wearing, like, neon orange, I don't want to be in, like, I'm not wearing neon orange. You never have to worry about that. It's either going to be emerald green, pink, or black. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know my I know. color. I'm palette. staring at your closet. Yeah. <gasps> oh, it's isn't cute. it cute? You okay, could... I'm gonna buy one that's buy like one and then we'll similar. Yeah, yeah, like that same feel. Yeah, it, that's kind what of. I wanted. Yeah. Um, but then also I was gonna get buttons made that we could wear. Mm-hmm. They were, I designed them. I'll show it to you. They say, "Ask me about Helen High Horror," and oh, it has the ghost on it. That's cute. Yeah, and it's like "Ask me about" is kind of plain, and then Helen High Horror is our drippy yeah. font. And then I was going to order some die-cut stickers to give out and stuff Ooh, like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's going to be really interesting because there's a lot of other podcasters we mm. like and listen to that are coming. Stephen Ray Morris is going to be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I hope I meet him. I mean, cry. listen, I'm, I'm right now. I'm like, listen, is there a podcaster like after party? Because that's where I want to be. I need to meet him. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll tweet at him. Yes. Sometimes you he should likes my tell tweets. Him. So um, the ladies from him. Secret Life of Weddings are going to be there. Uh-huh. They just announced it them. yesterday. I like them a lot. And then also Rabia Chaudhry is going to be there. I fucking love her. She was um she does Undisclosed. It's the spinoff oh, yeah, of yeah, Serial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Aaron Mankey's going to be there. Love him. He's great. Um, and there were a few others that. Oh gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, to meet no. Stephen Ray Morris. And <laughs> That's I mean, the everyone only else thing too, you but care about. I'm now. really excited to meet Stephen. Yeah. I hope he lets me touch his mustache. <laughs> you could be like, we belong here. Yeah. It's okay. You're my best friend. Yep. Um. Oh no. With Ross and Carrie is is uh-huh. going to be there. Pottercast, uh-huh. but they're about to announce more because the deadline for Just submitting asked. your information is on Tuesday. Oh, oh okay. so but they've been posting. You can follow them at the Podex um, mm-hmm. because they are periodically posting all the announcements of who's going to be there. I so, can't believe Steve. is his per is the percast going to be there or just Stephen Ray Morris? I think he's doing something about podcast production. But I am not entirely sure. But wouldn't you die if, um, what's his face is there? The one on, uh, do you need a ride? Oh my God, Chris Fairbanks, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, you would die. I don't know if he's going to be there, but. He's not. 
I would. I mean, I'm. I would actually have an aneurysm. <laughs> you wouldn't be. We would. We would have to cover your murder. I would. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your death from I being would, in his presence. I would just be. I would be <laughs> on the ground shaking, and you'd be like, "Sorry, she saw Chris Fairbanks from afar." Yeah, from they afar. They didn't even it's talk. Fine. So now she's just having a moment. Yeah. So um, we're so excited. It's gonna be so much fun. And yeah, we were we we got word that we were gonna be doing it. What? Like a week ago? Yeah, I think so. And we've been sitting on it until we entered all of our information, which I did. I was the last one because I didn't have an acceptable picture. Now I do. So we are in there. I did see Reppy was supposed to come with me, but she had to work RIP. Yeah. Mike and I went to see last podcast on the left and it was completely packed. It was so much different than the other times we've seen them. Oh, yeah. Like at that Pennsylvania well, show where there was like yeah, well, ample room. Because it was packed packed it was crazy sold out completely but henry got out and he started the show off by saying he was like i have a question for all you nashville people is the hot chicken a joke you play on visitors (laughs) he was like because i ate a bunch of it and then i decided to eat a bunch of deviled eggs because i figured the cream would counteract the spice and ben kissel was just like yeah Henry's fucking disgusting. <laughs> and, but then he went on about a bologna sandwich he had been eating. Bologna's <laughs> gross. Uh, it was just so funny, though. But yeah, I guess that's all, that's all of our chat and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real world results. That's SAP Business AI. We are talking about children who murder their parents. Can't trust those bullshits. Yes, it's parasite. Um, I accidentally put filicide on the schedule, which is wrong. That's the opposite. I'm just calling this kids who killed their parents because we're not. (laughs) I mean, parasite is just a weird title. And I don't know if everyone will understand what it is. So also shout out to the book I had in like seventh grade that my mother bought for me that just was titled Kids Who Kill. Yeah, and I read that book like 55 There's There's a show that's just Kids Who Kill, yeah. Well, shout out to you, book. I hope you're doing well. (laughs) Bet you it's not. (laughs) Bet you it's dead. dead. (laughs) Uh, Okay, my turn? Yes, Mm, you're beginning us. Okay, so in 1972, Deborah, Deborah, Deb, Underwood, and Thomas Linert had a daughter, Stacy Lenert. That name is just so weird. Lenert. It sounds is it like Lenert or is it Leonard? I don't know. Lenert. Yogurt. <laughs> we could just call her Yogurt. <laughs> so she was born in St. Louis, uh, yeah, St. Louis, Missouri, where the family lived, or they lived like right outside. And by all accounts, her early years were pretty great. She was a so-called daddy's girl. She always wanted to hang out with her dad. Mm-hmm. They were always seen together. And she said that he had this great way of making her feel loved and special mm-hmm. in a way that no one really ever did. 
and bordering every- on weird or no everyone said for for the first like eight years he was just like a really great dad yeah okay that cool. everyone said he was a great father to his young girl and they seemed very happy that's that's the quote mm-hmm. flash forward to july 4th 1990 a call comes into the police from a young girl who says she has found her father dead in the living room sure she has he had <laughs> been shot twice and his collarbone had been broken However, not long after, Stacy conf- uh, confessed to the killing of her father, saying she came home that night at 4 a.m. She so came in home the morning. at 4? Yeah, yeah. We How get old into was it. she? She's No, at this point, she's like 22. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she she's old. She yeah, can yeah. do that. And her younger sister's 20 mm-hmm. in 1990. Okay, so she came home at like 4 in the morning after she had been out. And she saw her father, who was half awake on the couch. He had been drinking. Mm-hmm. And so he was almost passed out. And she grabbed the gun from the basement and shot her father once. When he woke up, he didn't even realize that he had been shot. And then Stacy picked the gun back up and shot him point blank in the head. She then hid the weapon with a friend. Take my weapon. Well, Thanks. well, like her and a friend went and hid the weapon. Oh, not so like the friend was an accomplice. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. she, okay. she told her friend what happened, and she was like, "We gotta hide the weapon." Okay. So why? What happened to make Daddy's little girl into a killer? I tell you now. Okay. Didn't have to do with a penis, right? Oh, it definitely did. Oh no. <laughs> when Stacy was eight, her for her father began to have an unhealthy interest with her. He began to sexually assault her, and when she was nine, he began raping her. She later commented that she thought the sexual assaults were normal. Only after the rape did she realize something was wrong. She said, I didn't know until the very first time that he raped me, because then it hurt, and it was violent, and I could tell that it wasn't right. So her parents had divorced when she was really young, and she had tried to tell her mother and her babysitter about the father's raping but she didn't have the language, so she couldn't oh, describe no. so what they were doing. Young? Yeah, oh. yeah. No one ever, because she was just like, I guess, describing it in a way that didn't sound did, violent yeah, or sexual. Because she did, she didn't even know like penis. Yeah, you know what I no. mean? Like her mother later said that she didn't know anything of the abuse. She said, "What I felt was that he loved them and he wouldn't hurt them. I thought he loved his daughters." She said, "I feel like I failed to protect my children, and I will never ever forget that. I will never live this down, no matter what." Oh. Yeah, so sad. This story's a real bummer. So hold on. So her sister Christy, who's two years younger than her said her father was physically abusive and beat her from uh, when she was in first grade. So he's molesting the one and beating the other. Yes. Huh. So he would become especially violent when drinking, which was a big issue because he was drunk almost all the time. So Stacy had suffered from the abuse for so long that eventually she went to live with her mother who was living in Guam. Guam? Yeah. Huh. For work. However... Not long after she left, her sister begged her to come back, saying the abuse was getting worse and that she couldn't live with her father alone. Christy was scared for her life, so Stacy returned home. What? Because that, the father wouldn't let her go. He yeah. was like, Stacy's left and I need someone here, so he would not let Christy go. You'd think she would kind of ask, like, hey, take me away from here. Well, but not, she, hey, come back and you be molested she couldn't. and me get beat. She couldn't. Oh, couldn't get away. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. There was no way for her to get away. <sighs> so she returned six months before the murder. Mm-hmm. For those six months, she tries to convince her father to let Christy leave. So this is like out in the open. They're just like, listen, mm-hmm. we we don't want to be with you. You're fucked up. Yeah, he's up. like, you got, yeah. And he's, and he's like, like, no, no way. Stay. One of yeah. you are staying. Mm-hmm. So 
Earlier in the day before his death, he had attacked Christy. <gasps> he was aggressive and abusive, and he pulled her, um, at the end of the fight, he pulled her into the back bedroom. Oh, no. Stacy was furious after seeing this, and Christy soon came back out. That's when they were like, we're going to leave for the night. Like, mm-hmm. that's why they came home so early in the morning. Because they were out trying to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. During the time when they were fighting, though, their father had gotten mad and paranoid and thought they were going to call the police. So he took and hid all the phones in the house. Okay, so the girls go out and what, eventually... What year is this again? 90. 1990. Okay. Yeah, so the phones are the only... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no cell phone mm-hmm. or anything like that. So they go out, they come back in at four. Now, Stacy was really worried because it wasn't just her being raped anymore. Mm-hmm. That was the first time Christy had been attacked sexually. Yeah. So if you listen to the interviews from Stacy, her side of the story is much less cold than the one. The one I read before is what's on Wikipedia. The one on Murderpedia. That's yeah. the description that she just found the gun, shot him, shot mm-hmm. him again. Like there's n- just fucked up. Business as usual. Yeah. yeah. She said that she had gotten home and her and her sister walked in the house and she saw that her father was mumbling on the couch and she thought that she would, it would be a good time to threaten him. And be like, we're leaving, we're packing our shit, and we're going. Because he's out he's of it. So he's drunk. not going to, yeah. And she was hoping that by having the rifle, he would just be so scared that he'd be like, just go. And yeah. they could get at least far enough away because he's so drunk mm-hmm. that, that he couldn't do anything. Yeah. So she knew that the rifle, it was her father's rifle, and he kept it in the basement. Mm-hmm. She knew that. It was like an open fact. So she goes down to the basement, she grabs the gun. And she tries, so when she gets back up, he's almost entirely out of it. And she tries to wake him by, like, pressing the gun into him, which is what they think might have broken the collarbone. Yeah. So he kind of, he starts mumbling, um, but he doesn't really wake up. And Stacy begins to think that, she says, like, she starts thinking about him dragging, like, it's playing over and over, him dragging her sister back in that back Mm -hmm. room. And she's going crazy. So she shoots him. She fires one shot. He wakes up and he immediately starts yelling at her because he doesn't even know he's been shot. Yeah. It's, I think this one's in like the stomach area. Mm-hmm. And he starts screaming and, is, and she immediately regrets what has happened. Mm-hmm. And she goes to find a phone. However, he's hidden he all has the hidden phones. all the phones. <gasps> Who was phone? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is His phone? <laughs> and... Now he's yelling at her. He's he's saying that she's a bitch and a slut and telling, like, why isn't the ambulance here? And she's like, you hit you, the phones. Tell me where the phones are. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you fucking slut and all this stuff. And he says, you better be scared. You know what's going to happen when I get off this couch. He says it's going to be bad news for you. And Stacy starts to fear for her life because yeah. now he's actually starting to get off. He's trying to get off the gra- couch and grab her. Mm-hmm. At that point, so... When she had shot him, yeah. she went behind him at one point and sat the gun down on, like, a ledge. So uh-huh. it, was like, it was, like, a half wall, and then after that half wall was the couch. So okay. it's all yeah. lined up. Mm-hmm. And she was walking around trying to find a phone. Yeah. And when he tries to get up, she immediately just puts her hand on the trigger, closes her eyes, and pulls the trigger, and it shoots him in the head. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She later testifies and says that, I thought to myself that he didn't deserve to live, so I shot him again. It's she so said, weird. There's this, like, conflicting thing about her. Yeah. Well, you know? Well, yeah, because it's not mutually exclusive. That's the thing. It's like you've, you're you in fear for your life, so you're kind of acting out of self-defense, but then you're also like, I just hate him so right. much. Well, the prosecution said what was they asked what was going on through your mind. Well, Why would you? Yeah. You already shot him once. Mm-hmm. Why would you shoot him again? 
and why in the head yeah. they were like you could have taken another shot, shot or whatever yeah. and they and she said then i thought to myself like in that moment i thought to myself he didn't deserve to live so mm-hmm. i shot him again and then she started to tear up and she looked down and she said i didn't care Wow. Like, in that moment, she yeah. just didn't care. Yeah. She says that she wasn't even really aiming. She just knew that if she, she just grabbed it the gun there, blinding yeah. and that he was right there. And so, he was, would, yeah, she, you know. would hit him somewhere Exactly. He, she just wanted to hit him again. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't going to pick up the gun and walk back around the couch. She was just like, I'm firing again. Yeah. In Stacy's mind, it was the only way to protect her and, more importantly, her younger sister. Mm-hmm. After Stacy's confession, she was arrested and charged with first-degree murder as well as a few felonies, like um, hiding evidence and yeah. lying to the mm-hmm. police and all that Although stuff. Although they were tacking on those right. little yes. charges, yeah. So her lawyer wanted to claim that it was similar to a battered wife syndrome, mm-hmm. where you just get abused over and over and over again yeah. and then you snap. The prosecution wasn't having it, and they got that thrown out, but they did say they would allow for a self-defense claim, mm-hmm. like she did it in self-defense. So they were going to just claim that Stacy was acting in self-defense. Yeah. However, the judge ruled that they could not bring self-defense into the argument (gasps) during trial. What? According to the court, and I quote, the defendant's testimony didn't indicate that she was in immediate fear or serious physical injury of death as her testimony was that her father was passed out drunk and or at least asleep when she fired the first shot. And so Stacy is convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Wow. After sentencing, many members of the jury express outraged because none of the sexual or physical abuse were ever talked about. The presiding judge, Honorable Stephen H. Goldman, issued a statement regarding Stacy's case. He said, the sentence is severe for a 20-year-old. It is also somewhat surprising, considering the evidence of sexual abuse by the victim's father. A conventional life sentence would be more appropriate from a comparison standpoint. The Missouri Court of Appeals found in favor of the trial judge, however, and the United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit issued the statement after Leonard filed for a petition for an appeal. The absence of aggression or provocation of the part of the defender's element of the Missouri self-defense statute does not articulate a time frame during which the initial act of aggression and the act of self-defense must occur. So they were saying mm-hmm. she was put in danger before, yeah. but in that moment, she wasn't. wasn't so it's danger. not self-defense. Yeah. The evidence of battered spouse syndrome might have placed uh, Leonard's actions in proper context and may have allowed the jury to conclude that Leonard was not the initial aggressor on the night of her father's death. So they were like, that's why she couldn't testify, because yeah. it would have showed that she wasn't the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, well, she wasn't. Yeah. I mean, what's <laughs> happening? Nonetheless, on March 11, 2003, the court also found in favor of the original trial judge, though reluctantly, the ruling held that the appeal failed before the cited standards of deadly force Mm. may be used in self-defense only when there is, one, an absence of aggression or provocation on the part of the defender, Mm. two, a real or apparent real necessity for the defender to kill in order to save him or herself, and three, a reasonable cause for the defender's belief in its necessity. And four, an attempt by the defender to do all that's within his or her power consistent with his personal safety. Mm. So all four of those things have to be have, present yeah, those are for the, self-defense. Mm-hmm. Just like, I've never read them before, so yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. I remember them from my torch yeah. class. <laughs> so the court rejected Leonard's position that a man who raped his daughter 
when she was in the third grade, made him the initial aggressor. Mm. Uh, and the author, so this is my favorite, they claimed Leonard's uh, lawyer mm. wrote that he was the author of his own doom. Yeah. <gasps> so good. <laughs> Gives me chills. So they're like, no, not true. Mm-hmm. Leonard, after exhausting all of her appeals, sought from the Missouri governor, Matt Blunt, to commute her life in prison sentence without parole to a life in prison sentence with the possibility of parole mm-hmm. 15 years, which she had already served oh, 18 of this time. Wow. Or a pardon. Yeah. And on January 10th, 2009, the outgoing governor announced that he was commuting the sentence. Cool. So Leonard was described as a model prisoner, active in many different community product projects, as well as helping other survivors of incest and abuse. She trained service dogs for handicapped in a selective organization called Chance. She was also president of the Outreach Program, an organization that brought troubled teens to prisons for a wake-up call. (laughs) Her sister, Christy, was convicted of conspiracy to commit murder and was sentenced to five years imprisonment, but was relieved after two and a half. And all that was on was the fact that at one, during one interview, they were like, did you say anything to her, you know, during this whole time? And she was like, yeah, I think I said, go ahead, do it. <gasps> and that's how and that's that's what they, they were like, her great away conspiracy. On. Wow. And she didn't file afterwards. She knew that she had killed her yeah. father and she wasn't like. And she didn't call the cops yeah. and be like, fuck my sister. Yeah. So St. Louis County Prosecutor Rob McCulloch, he's the prosecutor, he was the prosecutor this whole time. Mm-hmm thinks that Leonard is a manipulative liar who deserves to live out the rest of her life in prison. Mm-hmm. He said, I have not changed my mind at all. She murdered her father for his inheritance and solely for his inheritance, referring to the estate that they had, which was n- worth nearly $500,000. And also <laughs> argued that Leonard spent wildly forging her father's name and checks and using the credit cards before she took his life. They were trying to Menendez her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he also goes on to say that she was never never sexually abused by her father or anyone else, and she ought to be back in the penitentiary. And shame on government or Governor Blunt for letting her out. Wow. Of course, Leonard denies having spent wildly, and she says that her father knew about all the checks and credit cards. Mm-hmm. So there is, she did spend it, but she would like go out and buy gro- like he would Grocery. send her out yeah, for groceries, she was fucking drunk or all the gas time. or beer or whatever, yeah. and she would go and buy it mm-hmm. and forge like a check for him. Yeah, she claims she killed her father to stop him from abusing her and her younger sister, and that money had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Today, she runs Healing Sisters, a resource website and nonprofit agency to end sexual abuse in America. And to this day, she can't bear to see the home where she and her sister grew up. She says, I don't care to see the stairs that he used to kick me down. I don't want to see the windows that I would have to climb out at night so that I didn't have to wake up being choked. (sighs) The end. See, so that's so interesting because when I was putting together the cover for this... Mm -hmm episode you know i don't read anything about the case anything like like that and there's just a lot of pictures of her i guess when she got out of jail and she's smiling and so you get this vibe that you're like oh also she's been on oprah she's been on i think it was like dr phil yeah years Mm -hmm. and years later but she also talks about stuff that are like at one point on one of the interviews she talks about her father before the abuse started yeah. and she's like smiling and happy because and she's that was like good she was like yeah. one time he took me to some park and like they were playing soccer and she's mm-hmm. talking about it and she's like lit up and she was like i think it was pierce morgan yeah he was like do you ever miss him and she was like 
of course I miss him. Yeah. I miss my father yeah. all the time. She misses miss my dad. He says, was. She says something like, I miss my father, not my abuser. Yeah. Like, I miss the man who was my dad. Wow. Yeah. You know. It's just so crazy how some people have bought into that narrative to, like, twist it because it's like, oh, you know, she's smiling. Right. She murdered her own father. Right. All and this also, stuff. So. this, I mean, it happened in the 90s, mm-hmm. and most of these interviews are, like, 2005. So yeah. It's also so it's 15 been, years yeah. later. And, yeah, they're interviews. So sometimes they're just like, oh, like, so I heard you got married. And she's, like, talking yeah, about that. Married. You know, yeah. she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I did. And it, yeah. You know, and then always. they get into the nitty-gritty stuff. They're mm-hmm. not just immediately like, so tell us about your father. Because yeah. that would be a bad interview. <laughs> it would like, be. It also is kind of a, a testament to that she wasn't that money-motivated. Because, like, she's running a nonprofit. Yeah, no, you know? she's not swimming in cash. No. And she can't. She couldn't go in the house or anything like that. Yeah, she doesn't want... She doesn't want to kind of exploit that crime no. it looks like she's been doing interviews to kind of raise awareness for her cause well, well yeah and a lot but, of people a lot when she first got out a lot of people were like a fucking murderer got out because yeah. no one was reporting because no one really knew well because they, they weren't allowed to yeah. introduce the so evidence she went on abuse. she went on like five or six talk shows and was yeah. just like this is what to happened. set it straight yeah. yeah and a lot of times like she she was talking think it was oprah but you can't see the host it was just like a little clip i saw on youtube Mm -hmm. and she was like i'm not saying what i thought was right i'm saying i'm not cold i'm not like i have this narrative of just some girl who went crazy and Mm -hmm. shot a loving father and that's not the story yeah it's like that's what it is she just wants to tell the story Mm -hmm. like she doesn't need her side because she wasn't able to for so long. exactly she doesn't Mm -hmm. need anything special she doesn't need pity or anything like that she you know she's like yes it was wrong i did shoot him i murdered him yeah but that's not the whole story well and she served her time yeah she served 18 years which is more than some fucking murderers who like killed children it's true (sighs) wow i had never heard of that murder yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. See, mine is not as, I don't know how I should put that. There's no sympathy. <laughs> no, no sympathy. No really, um, no excusing this that. murder. So I'm going to tell you about Lowell Lee Andrews. Okay, tell me all about him. Would you like to see a picture of him first? Sure. This is Lowell Lee. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know this case. Not, Wait, not, the, not the details, but okay. I, I know that picture. You know the picture? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hard to describe him. <laughs> He's great. He's, He's like um, um, if you took fat Drew Carey and he was 15. Yeah. He yeah. has the same Drew Carey glasses. The glasses and the hair. He has that, that and you know combed it, over greased hair. But you know what it is, too? He's like not cute, but kind of He's like unharming. Like in another no, he life, looks, he's like yes, he's he like the very, best friend of yeah. girls mm-hmm. and who always wants to hang out. Is like he having looks a good time. Extremely non-threatening, right? Yeah, and, and he's, he's like sitting. Cute. He's sitting back with his arms. He's yeah, very he's chubby. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like cute and like a geeky. Like you feel yeah, safe. Exactly. Like you would feel safe you around him. You'd want to be his friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's um, not like gross like Richard Ramirez where like you open the mouth and you're, you're like, like, oh my god, that's geez, disgusting. Geez, get away like from he's me. not yeah. gross. He's just he no. just looks like a normal He he does, he looks very he looks like a normal, somewhat maybe awkward or um bookwormish, mm-hmm. slightly overweight yeah, well, teenager. You eat those books, you're gonna get overweight. <laughs> yeah. All those worms. Yeah. <laughs> All those worms and books. You, you know you know those you. worms, they come in apples. And apples mean, have sugar in them. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> books are fat with words. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Can't eat those. <laughs> um, so Lowell Lee Andrews was born on September 21st of 1940 in Walcott, Kansas. His parents were William L. and Opal Andrews. Opal. Opal? Yep. He had one sibling, a sister named Jenny Marie, who was born in 1938, two years before him. Mm-hmm. There's very little known about Andrews until his later teenage years. He chose to attend Kansas University when he graduated from high school. And he was known to classmates and professors as a mild-mannered man. In fact, Andrews was known to be so friendly and respectful that he was written about in the local newspaper and referred to as, quote, the nicest boy in Wolcott. What? There was no other there was news. No news. That's okay. My favorite. I still have. When I was born in Iowa, mm-hmm. my mother took me to a baseball game. My dad was coaching. Uh huh. And front page, there's a section. <laughs> it's just my face. I'm not even smiling. I don't yeah. look that cute. I'm like it, bundled up. Yeah. And it's just all about how my parents had another baby, and it's finally a girl in fucking finally Iowa. A like, girl. like it was yeah. like they're finally. so happy to welcome their little girl. Gosh. Scene frolicking, like they were like oh, yeah, really like, playing it up. I was like nothing. I was going like on. two months old. Yeah, I was doing nothing. Finally, the one with the vagina yes. came out. <laughs> oh, we can't take any more penises. <laughs> Finally, a bun. No more hot dogs. That's the headline. Yes. Um. So yeah, there's nothing going on in Walcott. Like yeah. nothing. They're just like they're just He's like nice. who's a nice person. Yeah, that's cool. Right let's write. Let's just write Ladies. something up. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> So, by the time he was 18, Andrew stood at over 6 feet tall, and he weighed over 260 pounds. Which, I mean, when you think about it, he's real tall, but for his frame, he's that not doesn't that... seem that big. No, I think yeah. you're probably supposed to be, like, 190, so he's probably, like, Something 20 like pounds overweight, 30 yeah. pounds overweight. Well, he's 260, oh, and he's oh. over 6 feet. Gotcha. I thought you said 216. No, he's, he's, I right, mean, so he's probably like you can see pounds from overweight. his picture that he's got meat yeah. on him. But listen, he's not huge. He's no. not like, how does he walk around? He's like <laughs> yeah. a little bigger. I mean, listen, I'm not putting anyone down for their weight. Yeah, you I know. Don't, I mean, never. we're just trying to describe him. <laughs> we better. are. We're trying to describe like kind of his je ne sais quoi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he wore thick rimmed glasses and had well groomed side parted hair. His family was prosperous for the time and the place, and the Andrewses were well-respected in the community. His father, William, was a farmer, and his land was worth around $200,000. You know what that's equal to now? Even uh, in $16 trillion. No. <laughs> it's uh, $1.8 million. That's a lot. It also, is. Also, sorry, mm-hmm. um, 6 to 6 one, you should be anywhere from 183 to 226 Okay. Yeah, so, well, 226 then he's just like... 40 pounds overweight? Yeah. Whatever. 40 to 50. Listen, some people love a little chunk. Some people look good with a little chunk. Yeah. You know? William and Opal were regular attendees of the Grandview Baptist Church and were involved in the Wolcott community. Sounds gross. It does sound gross, but I won't judge them for it. I will. 
No. <laughs> Andrew discovered pretty early on in life that he was not the farming type. Oh, because he was homosexual? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, there can be gay farmers, and I hear that their veggies not are delicious. Not back then. No. <laughs> He was not a particularly athletic child and began reading dense literature for pleasure. He was a fan of Dostoevsky and would often create his own narratives in his imagination. He began envisioning himself as a mafia hitman living in Chicago. That's what he envisioned? That was his dream. When I was a kid, I was like, I'm going to own a unicorn and be a princess. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to be a mafia hitman. She's like, bing, 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 bing. yeah. And so you can kind of see from how he dresses that this is what he aspired to. He was really dressing for the job he wanted. Really? He was in like an oversized blazer. <laughs> Here, look again. He's not wearing all black. <laughs> no, but he's wearing like, I don't know. Like, it's, he's wearing kind of like a trench coat-ish type no. thing. He's, he's in like... <laughs> Bad pants. Bad pants. A button up and, yeah, like a coat. Yeah, like a coat with those. But it zips up. Oh, does it zip? Yeah. Well, it's okay. not a trench coat. I just, I don't know. Cups. I look at him and I'm like, I kind of see the old Italian man in him. Just a little bit. Not mafia, though. He looks like an old Italian man playing dominoes. <laughs> playing domino. Yeah. That, well, it's the tan that gives off that. Yeah, it's he's all not tan, very yeah. frightening. Normally no, a mobster dresses. No, he's definitely dresses. not frightening, but he does look, he looks like that kind of old school. A monster dresses like sharp. Sharp. Well, he did. He really wanted to like have the clothes and the shabby well, shoes. Well, not that picture. No, that was farm money back yeah, then. Yeah, that, that was... wasn't mafia money yet. But it's just like my brother. Whenever my brother wears a suit, he just ends up looking like a 50-year-old hip, like mob oh. boss. That's just how he is. It's how he's built. So, well, that, that was Or he's built wearing too. the wrong suit. <laughs> Always. Which is probably <laughs> mostly that. Yeah. Because what that feel is given off when you're wearing too big clothing. Oh, Because that's yeah. what Italian guys do. They wear, yeah, like, they wear big clothes. They want to be yeah. boxed. They want to be a box. My, my brother also really likes old man ties. Mm-hmm. So, like, he went to his, um, his, like, prom and he just looked like a 50-year-old. Yeah. It's, like, boxy and also... The it's it's the jackets don't stop at the waist. They go they down go to like down, the beginning yeah. of the thigh. Mm-hmm. They have it's to like, cover that's the butt. Never good look no. on anyone. No, anyone. <laughs> if you have a jacket like that, throw it out. This it is another. I can guarantee you, it doesn't look good. <laughs> this is another Helen High Horror Taylor's yes. corner. <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted to emulate the smooth, sharply dressed mob bosses he envisioned from the books he had read. The problem was that Andrews didn't have the money necessary to begin a new life as a hired hand in Chicago. Even though his farm was worth a billion dollars. Well, not his, his parents. Right. And his parents were like, no, I'm not going to give you money. Like, be a mafia man. You can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're crushing sorry, your Sorry, you can't be a dentist. You're an elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. So he went to college and studied zoology. He also played bassoon in the college band. Despite his dark aspirations, several people described Andrews as being gentle and sweet-natured. Little did they know. Though it seemed that Lowell led a normal life like every other college student, he still harbored his secret so, fantasy of becoming a hitman. Just living on hot Cheetos and yeah. Gatorade? Yeah, just being... Well, <laughs> they didn't have those back then, unfortunately. You don't know when Gatorade was invented. <laughs> I don't think it was Definitely back then. Definitely not hot Cheetos, though. No. Mm-mm. That's just... You just dipped rice in hot sauce yeah that was it that was all he did (laughs) i i can just envision him just sitting in his apartment drinking milk straight or some shit like that i hate when people do that (laughs) yeah use a cup (laughs) so he knew that to live out his fantasy he would need his family's money 
And he also would need to prove himself as a hitman. What time was this? This was 58. Ah, fuck. What? 65. Cheetos or Gatorade? Gatorade. Gatorade, Dan. No, he wasn't. Cheetos. Listen, he was not fueled by that. Cheetos were invented by the Egyptians hundreds of years ago, but (laughs) they didn't come. (laughs) Imagine if Cheetos were like, the 1400s. It was like, really? (laughs) Prove it. (laughs) There's like, Hieroglyphics. Yeah, hieroglyphics. <laughs> That's what they were originally. With the cheese dust still yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. So he needed to get away with murder. He mm. knew that in order to be granted his inheritance, he would have to make sure none of his family members survived. Uh-oh. At first, he contemplated poisoning his sister, mother, and father, but soon decided against it. Throughout the fall of 1958, he came up with a plan for Thanksgiving break. That November, he went home to the Andrews family farm to spend the holiday with his family. The day after Thanksgiving, November 28th, Andrews retreated to his bedroom to read a book by Dostoevsky called The Brothers Karamazov. Sorry, I know you're in the middle of your story, but Cheetos were invented before Gatorade. Really? 1948. Weird. Yeah. Oh, so they were, they were just getting all the new snacks yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's why he murdered he was all strung up on, on Cheetos. Cheetos he, you puffed, know. he crunched it up and then he, he snorted it, it yeah. like Chester the cheetah yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was, you know, all all ramped all up ready. on that he's Cheeto like, powder. Yeah, he's yep. on the Cheeto powder and the the book. Yeah. Whatever Woo. that person Gotta is. love this Russian book. Yep. <laughs> you know. God, you know Russian. When you mix Russians and Cheetos, bad you get a happen. you get an orange Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a white one. (laughs) That's what's in the White House, right? Yeah. (laughs) Hot take. Ah, political. (laughs) The novel itself focuses on a family in which turmoil and greed run rampant and ultimately lead to murder. Murder! When Andrews had finished the novel, he cleaned himself up, shaved, put on a suit, and grabbed a twenty-two caliber rifle and a revolver. He holstered the pistol. Do you think he's going hunting for rabbits? He's going hunting it's for rabbits. It's a rabbit yeah. season. I just you love said it. that like you hated it so much. <laughs> he's going hunting for rabbits. <laughs> like I get the joke, but I don't think it's funny. <laughs> um, I just love that he wanted to look his best. Well, you got it for murder. Back yep. then, you got to dress up all the he time. He really appreciated that he would be the last thing his family ever saw. Also, look, <laughs> you never know when you're going to meet your soulmate. <laughs> He could run out the house and right standing there is a girl who has a flat tire. Most beautiful girl. Yeah. Or boy, we haven't heard that he's not homosexual. (laughs) We don't know. So, So, no judgment. (laughs) So he holstered the pistol and carried the rifle across his chest. Big, you know. Big, big. You You know, know. it's, it's a big thing. (laughs) <laughs> Generally. You know what a rifle is. Yeah, you know, not as big as a rhino, but not as small as a mouse. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know, it's like a shotgun, but thin. Yeah. It's on the Atkins diet. It is. It's really done a lot of work. It's yeah. put the work in. So he went downstairs to where his mother, father, and sister were watching TV in the living room, having a nice family night. The lights I wonder were... what they were watching. I wonder, too. I'll uh, send you straight to the moon. Oh, that. The Honeymooners? Yeah. I Maybe, wonder when I that was know. made. I have no idea. No, I don't know. It either. was all talkies back then. No. <laughs> I don't know what they were watching. Um, it was just <laughs> talk. It was just a cardboard cutout of, yeah, a, box. of a TV. Like, and this just, is a TV. They are intently watching yes. it. Yeah. Mm. 
The lights were off and the family were illuminated only by the glow of the television until Andrews That's turned on crazy. a light. Well, well, so why would you do that to yourself? I think they were probably... Maybe saving energy or something. Yeah, and it was probably like, well, the TV's on, we're all watching it. There doesn't need to be light on everywhere. Some people like to watch TV with the lights out, like movie theater style. Yeah, but... I think they're psychopaths. Yeah, I, mean, I also think they're psychopaths. What are you going to do? Just feel your way to the bathroom or something? Yeah. You need to get mm-hmm. up? You want to sit? I would never sit completely in the dark. I mean, yeah. they're just waiting for someone to come in and murder you with a rifle. Well, maybe their TV was too bright. <laughs> they're just like, there's no point. Everything's lit up by this little TV. Andrews quickly opened fire on his parents and sister. The first to die was 20-year-old Jenny Marie Andrews, who was shot between the eyes and killed instantly. Andrews then turned his attention to his parents, 50-year-old William Andrews and 41-year-old Opal Andrews. She got her a daddy. (laughs) (laughs) An older man. He shot his father twice and his mother three times. Both survived these (gasps) initial wounds, but when Opal began to crawl toward Andrews, he shot her another three times. William tried to crawl to the kitchen to reach the phone, but Andrew stopped him by shooting him repeatedly with a revolver. He had to reload the weapon during this assault. In total, Andrew shot his mother six times, his sister once, and his father 17 times. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a little bit of rage there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not I, a, I mean, so. the sister was a clean job, but the rest yeah. is... Well, I think the mom was probably just out of necessity, mm-hmm. but the dad seems like... That's overkill, right? Yeah, literally. I mean, you don't gotta shoot him... Se- okay, he's crawling to the kitchen, you shoot him, what, like, twice more? Yeah. Or you walk up and shoot him in the face, like, well, in the head? And so either he was real lucky, or he had pretty good aim, because he killed his sister... I One think he probably, done. if you live on a farm, you probably he, have good he aim. shot a gun before, yeah. right? Yeah. And he had the guns. Yeah, he had two guns, I yeah. mean. So he probably knew how to fire. Yeah. So when he was sure that his family was dead, Andrews opened a window and removed the screen in an effort to make it seem like someone had broken into the house. Cool. Awesome. That totally makes it look believable. So he staged a struggle and a robbery by opening drawers and scattering belongings around the house, but he didn't take anything. Mm-hmm. Then he drove to first a, mistake. Yep. Then he drove to a nearby town called Lawrence, where his apartment was located. There he picked up his typewriter in an attempt to create an alibi for himself. He figured that he could claim that he had to grab his typewriter to work on an essay for school. And when he ran into his landlady, that's the story he told her. So mm-hmm. he's like, oh, now i got a witness that I'm here. Yeah. He then went to the Granada movie theater and attended a showing of the movie Mardi Gras starring Pat Boone. Okay. According to witnesses, he was... Covered in blood. <laughs> yes, that too. No, he was really chatty and he was even flirting with a candy counter girl. Huh. When the movie ended at around 11 p.m., he drove to the edge of the Kansas River where he dismantled the two guns and threw them into the river from the Massachusetts Street Bridge. He then drove back to the house and fed the family dog before calling the police to report the supposed robbery. Because, hmm. uh, you know, when the dog gets, yeah, has to you, get fed, you, you, you have the dog to. There. It doesn't matter what's going on. When the authorities arrived at the farm, they found Andrew sitting on the porch with the dog. When asked what had happened, Andrew simply replied, Look in there, and pointed to the front door. They entered the home and found the bloody scene. 
When talking with Andrews, police officers noted that he was surprisingly calm and unaffected by the massacre of his family. He was immediately suspected in the murders, but insisted that he was innocent and even provided the details of his trip to establish that he wasn't home when the murders were committed. Mm -hmm. After several hours, authorities called the family's minister, Verdo Dameron, to talk to Andrews. Dameron arrived at 3 a.m. and gave Andrews a Coke. He chatted with him about school and the holiday break until asking, You didn't do this terrible thing, did you? If you did, now is the time to purge your soul. Finally, after consulting with the minister, Andrews confessed. Dameron... Yeah, definitely do that and not consult with a fucking lawyer. No, you know, the, pri- the priest gave him a coke. You gotta trust you gotta him. Trust you know. Dameron asked Andrews what emotions he had been feeling when he committed the murders, and Andrews replied that he, quote, didn't feel anything about it. The time came and I was doing what I had to do. That's all there was to it. He would have been a great hitman. Well, that's what he wanted. He had a goal. Yeah. Andrews was taken to the Menninger Clinic in Topeka, Kansas, where he underwent psychiatric testing. Yeah. Dr. Joseph Satin determined that Andrews was schizophrenic but not delusional. His motive was obvious to investigators. He wanted to inherit the family farm and sell it. Police went to the bridge where Andrews dumped his weapons and combed the river. Divers with magnets were sent to recover pieces of the guns, and they managed to find a few of them, but they couldn't put the weapons back together. They Mm -hmm. didn't have all the pieces. Through his arrest and questioning, Andrews showed no sign of remorse. When asked what he intended to do about funeral arrangements for his family, he replied, I don't care what you do with them. Other relatives claimed the bodies, and they were buried in Mount Salem Cemetery in Excello, Missouri. Andrews pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity at his trial, but the jury convicted him for the three murders, and he was given the death penalty. After his sentencing, Andrews appealed to Kansas Governor John Anderson Jr. for clemency, but his request was denied. Andrews attempted to appeal his conviction several times, and eventually the case went to the U.S. Supreme Court, where the conviction was upheld. Andrews was housed at Lansing Correctional Facility on death row, where he met Richard Hickok and Perry Smith. You know who they are? No. They were infamously immortalized in Truman Capote's book, In Cold Uh, Blood. yes. Uh, in fact, Andrews was interviewed by Capote while on death row, and his story yes. is included this in is their book. I, this is why I yep. know the picture. Mm-hmm. I read that book a long time yeah. ago. So, and this is pretty much why we know anything about it. Yeah. Because not a lot was really public mm-hmm. until he went on record with right. Capote about this. Andrews became friends with Hickok and Smith, and Capote quotes Hickok as saying, quote, Andy was a funny kid. It was like I told him. He had no respect for human life, not even his own. I really liked Andy. He was a nut. Not a real nut, like they keep hollering, but, you know, just goofy. He was always talking about breaking out of here and making his living as a hired gun. He liked to imagine himself roaming around Chicago or Los Angeles with a machine gun and a violin case. Cooling guys. Said he'd charge a thousand bucks per stick. Smith was not as fond of Andrews and reportedly became frustrated with him because he would constantly correct his grammar. Ha ha, <laughs> Can nerd. you imagine? You are sitting on death row and this fucking guy <laughs> keeps telling you you talk wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Andrews was interviewed by a reporter for Journal World and said, 
quote, I'm not sorry and I'm not glad I did it. I just don't know why I did it. It's like, we all know why you did it. Come on. On November 30th, 1962, at 12.01 a.m., four years and two days after the murder of his family, Lowell Lee Andrews was executed by hanging at the age of 22. You kind of forget how young he was because of the pictures. He looks older. The night before he had received his last meal, which consisted of two fried chickens, mashed potatoes, green beans, and a pie a la mode. Before he was taken away, he slipped a piece of paper to Hickok that contained a stanza from a poem by Thomas Gray, the final line of which was, quote, The paths of glory lead but to the grave. He declined to speak any last words, and it was noted that a slight smile graced his face. It was reported that his hanging was particularly difficult due to his large size, and it took many minutes until he died. There were rumors that the rope broke on the first try. <gasps> yeah. You would think that if the rope breaks on the first try... You're, you get away, you right? You get away. It's fine. You're done now. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that would be sentencing it's like him when twice, people, but... Well, it, it's like in the olden days when people would hang. If, yeah. they, didn't sur- if they survived, then they got they to go got free. To go yeah, free you, couldn't, you, you couldn't were sentenced do it twice. to a hanging. Yeah. So you and got you hung, one. yeah. To the chagrin of many, Andrews was buried alongside his family in Missouri. Under his name, date of birth, and date of death, only the word son was written. After his death, Andrews was portrayed in the movies Capote, Infamous, and the film adaptation of In Cold Blood. All because he wanted to kill people for a living, couldn't even do it once right. I mean, come on, dude. (laughs) You're going to confess because you're priest, (laughs) guys? With a soda? You could have just not confessed. They probably, I mean, it's back in the day. There's no DNA. There's no nothing. No. You probably could have been like, no. I just love how immediately they're like, this kid definitely yeah. did her. Yeah, I mean, he's shed not a tear good at or two. This. Yeah. yeah. Listen, the screen was pulled in. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's taken. That's my favorite when people cut the screen, like, <laughs> from the it, wrong side. From the wrong side. It's like, or like break the glass. It's like, well, all the glass is on the outside. So, oh. what were you going at? Like, there? have you not watched one movie, or do you <laughs> not have any common sense? No. Where you're like, if I break it this way, all the glass is going to be on that side. Of the yeah. Fucking so, thing. what's the point? I just love, and they're like, well, the dog was just fed, and you said mm. you came home and found your parents. So like, eh. well, I mean, but maybe he was thinking like, okay, if someone saw me at seven thirty and I mm. come home and feed the dog really quick. Then it's like, oh, they must have just died because someone in that house fed the dog and then oh, they yeah. died and mm-hmm. then I got here. You know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe I, it was more of that. I don't know whether he was like, yeah, I fed the dog or if he was just like, like didn't mention it right. and they just noticed it. Stuff like that. I thought you were going to say they found like someone's blood splatter underneath the dog food. So they knew like, mm-hmm. but it, it reminds me of who is it? Dr. McDonald or whatever. One of those people who killed th- their family when he throw. they were like. He said he went in, found his wife dead, went to the kids' room, found them dead. Uh-huh. But then the daughter's DNA, their blood mm-hmm. was found on the mother. So it's like, like it it's stuff like sense. that where it's yeah. like, he, or he said that he was attacked mm-hmm. and so his glasses flew off or whatever. But then there was a smudge of blood on his on glasses. The glasses, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you got to think things through. <laughs> yeah gotta make your timeline and there was a smudge of blood inside the magazine so it's Uh like well clearly you at some point read this magazine after being covered in blood so you're obviously crazy yeah it's like what was so important right (laughs) so yeah i mean he is oh i was gonna show you that picture of him uh standing standing well this is him on death row standing god they just really 
They did him dirty with this angle. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I why meant, would they do I that? I standing from full body. Yeah, they have. Um, so this is him as a kid, actually. He's in the middle. And there he's like pretty normal size. Yeah, and this was during his trial. You can't really see full yeah. body, but he just he looks a lot bigger in that photo that they use of him all the time. Yeah, well, because he's like slouched down and yeah. stuff like that. He's got his hands folded on his tummy like right, someone's like... grandfather. <laughs> yeah, so that was Lowell Lee Andrews. I also think he might have been the last person in Missouri to be hanged. Yeah, well, the um, death penalty's stupid. Yeah, well, especially hanging. Well, I was like, really? They're still hanging yeah. people? I mean, whether you or not agree with the death penalty, hanging that's is like, rough. that's that's not it's how unneeded. it should be. Yeah. I think the only death penalty that sh- uh, should be allowed is that you have to eat so many marshmallows. <laughs> you become diabetic and then die from diabetes within an hour. It takes a while, but. <laughs> nah, it's just because they're so sweet marshmallows. Yeah. You know? You just have to eat candy. That's what they should do. It's like from Force this day on, you. you're only eating candy and sweets. Mm-hmm. And you'll eventually just die from diabetes. Yeah. It's the long con. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cheap. It you is cheap. Pay for drugs. It's like, you just give fine. them bags like, of them sugar. Cakes. Yeah. I'm sure it would, wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> no. And then, no, I mean, but then, then you get people who are like, I just love tasty cakes, so I guess I'll kill somebody. It's like I get to murder Andy Tasty And cakes. I get I get free room and board and I get all the tasty cakes I can Seems eat. Seems like a oh pretty sweet God. deal. I was going to kill myself today anyway. So it's like I'll just kill someone else yeah. and then I'll die in two years from diabetes. Yeah. Got to do Diabetes. it for the tasty cakes. Diabetes. Diabetes. That's what <laughs> my grandparents, their dog is now diabetic and uh-huh. they have to give him shots when mm-hmm. he eats. But they say it like that. So they're like, <laughs> it's his diabetes. Diabetes. Oh my God. I have. So those were our children who murder their parents. One for fairly good reason and one not. Yeah. One for real shitty reason. Should have stuck with zoology. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda just moved to New York and started killing people. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see how that would have gone. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure if you really wanted to, as long as you could find them, if you were like, hey man, I just need, I just, I I want to be a killer, mm-hmm. but I haven't done it yet. Can you give me a few assignments? It's like, yeah. well, great. If you're bad, you're just going to be caught as a killer. Yeah. And they're just going to watch good, their hands Then we get you. a free, yeah. you know. I just And it's like, just give me room and board. I can it's just fine. imagine those mobsters just being like, mm. like laughing at him. Like, oh, <laughs> not sorry. with that jacket. Yeah, no. Your style isn't really up to Do our standards. Do you see how the lapels... Don't stop at the true waist. It's kind yeah. of down more. Come back when you got a That's, new suit. Yeah. And roll up the bottom of those pants. Yeah. I mean. Get your shit together. I mean. 18 years we're old. We're the mafia. We want people to know how we have We have an it. image. Yeah. To maintain. And it's murder and style. Yeah. Two things they're known for. Yeah. Tracksuits. <laughs> Tracksuits. <laughs> Matching uh, top and bottom. Yeah. All the time. Comfort and function. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm Austin Castelli on all the social medias. I'm Reparata Ann on all the social medias. <laughs> and we are Helen High Horror on everything, mm-hmm. except Twitter. On Twitter, we are Hell High Horror. And Stephen Ray Morris likes my tweet. Woo. So, we're obviously going to be best friends, yep. and I'll bring him a gift. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a special pin just for him. Yeah. Um... If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. All those. That trifecta of And buy tickets. Well, don't buy tickets yet, but 
Keep a lookout. Keep out a look on our Instagram and our code. Twitter for the code. And then buy tickets and come see us because if we perform and there is no one in that audience, I am going to cry. Our so. our revenge for that is going to be we're just going to release a podcast and it's an episode that's going to look completely normal, but it's just a shrieking for an yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, the punishment. Well, I, if no one comes, I'm just going to shriek for an hour. And then when they give us the, the audio, we'll we're come. just going to upload that yeah. raw. No editing at all. It's just exactly. us going... <laughs> yep, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> louder, louder. <laughs> so buy those tickets, rate, review, and subscribe. And Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, all of those things. Um, and that's it. Happy hauntings, everyone. Yeah, happy hauntings. Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.